Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. Tonight on Black Girl Stuff. I was placing my value in if I was hired or not. From Disney to Bel Air, Coco Jones talks colorism in Hollywood. Plus, she's bringing all the vibes with her latest music. It's really about a real relationship in my life with this guy. With the Leo energy, she do gotta shine, okay? <laughs> it's conversation and constellations with our sister, Novi Brown. And I'm checking into the BGS house where we get into mother-daughter dynamics. Why is it that black mothers mistreat their daughters just for their daughters to become the only ones they can depend on? But first, we go in the comments to discuss the heartbreak that comes with ending a friendship. Girl, it's damn near as bad as breaking up with a man. All that and more tonight on Black Girl Stuff. Welcome to Black Girl Stuff. Let's welcome Stacey Ike, our guest co-host for tonight. Hey, Stacey. Stacey. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So excited to have you, too. And without further ado, let's go in the comments and see why ending friendships can be so heartbreaking. Ending a friendship can be really tough, guys, and we rarely talk about the grieving process of it all. Well, TikTok user Kaylin Alexandria has a word for the girls. Let's take a look. Why does nobody talk about the grieving process that happens when you be out here just losing? people especially in friendships because girl it's damn near as bad as breaking up with a man let alone let alone your friend like your sister somebody you thought you'd be cool with forever like like girl now i got friendship trauma the friendship trauma that's a word so she definitely had a mouthful but let's see what these comments talking about yes the internet streets were buzzing one user on twitter at nubia says we don't talk about how to manage and grow in friendship enough or about how devastating it is to lose a friend so let's get into it ladies uh have you ever lost a friend and if so what was that grieving process like for you all 100% lost a friend before. Mm -hmm. And I think what makes the grieving process similar to heartbreak is it's not about when we were beefing. It's not like somebody did something to each other. We literally grew up and grew apart. And I think that, to me, is even harder because we're in our adulting phase, right? And we realize we just don't mesh. And that's heartbreaking. I completely agree, and I feel the same. I've had... I've lost friends for different reasons, a couple reasons. But the one for growing apart is because... It hurts because you can't really blame it on anything. Yes. It's like I can't say, well, oh, you took my man. Oh, you, we fought. Oh, we did something. It's no, it's more of like an internal growth happening. And oftentimes, I was the friend that kind of grew up in a sense. And it provided me an opportunity to look back and say, wow, like, am I truly not this person anymore? Why not? Like, why can't I still right. rock with you in the same way that I know I want to? Learning to 
unlearn somebody you love. That's deep. That's it. That's it's you unlearning someone you love. You spent so much time with that person. A lot of times, when you spend a lot of time with people, they turn into family. Yeah. And sometimes, friends can be more than family than family. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's just, it's like, it's like losing family. It is. And, and I like that you said that because I do feel like friends are the family that we get to choose. Mm -hmm. We don't get to pick our family, but my friends are the ones that I get to hand select and mm -hmm. pick. So sometimes losing, I lost a friend and it was based off principle. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I never thought you would do that to me. Mm -hmm. I thought I was different to you. Mm -hmm. And also it was like, am I a bad picker? Did I, did I misjudge who you were? So it made me question my own discernment. Mm -hmm. if I'm not friends with someone anymore. They did something so egregious and, and so many times, because I'm a very forgiving person. Yeah. So for me to cut you off finally, and when I cut you off, it's a permanent thing, I, I, don't, I don't really miss you. I mean, it, it sucks. It's like I wish things could have been different, but the reality is, is no, you're, you're not as great of a person as I thought you were. I don't think I would describe any friend who's had to leave my life as heartbreaking because it's good riddance. You know what you did and stay over there for it. Like, stop it. Because I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm a very loyal, compassionate, caring friend. All of my friends know they can always count on Demetria. I will be there for you. When I'm with a man, I don't just give you up and say, I'm with him now. I can't pick up your calls now. No, I'm there for you. And I'm available, and so I expect that in return. I definitely put a lot of value on my friends. Like I said, they're the family that I get to choose. And I like that I feel like I need friends because we're having similar experiences as black women navigating this world. And I feel like, y'all know I'm really close with my mom. I'm super close with my family. But it's certain things that I feel more comfortable going through with my friends. Mm -hmm. So I got to ask you all, why do y'all think friendships are so valuable to black women? First of all, my last name is Friends. So you know, <laughs> so you know friendships are like super critical to me. Yeah. I, and I think we're in a situation, I don't know if black women do it exclusively, but I feel like that term is thrown out too quick, mm -hmm. too fast, mm -hmm. and too wide. Mm -hmm. Not everyone is your friend. And yes. that was my first, like one of my first lessons that I learned as a child, like from my mom actually. And it's a thing where it's not to be a bad thing. It's okay, you don't have to be friends with everyone. Everyone doesn't have to like you. Mm -hmm. You can call people acquaintances, colleagues, and we can grow. And I think that allows me to kind of give some sort of range, grace, grievance with a lot of friends, and particularly my black friends, you know? Because I do think we know how to hold each other up. Mm -hmm. We know that friendship can build. We know that life can get tough, and yes. we've experienced yes. it in the same sort of way, and yes. it allows me to kind of vent to you in a way that I feel like I can't with friends that aren't black. But I'm not gonna lie, like, I've been in a lot of, like, predominantly white spaces, and for some reason, like, the black people in me, we just see each other. You know what I mean? Like, there's, it's like, I, for I some end reason. up, like, I end up, it's the reason. Yeah. It is the reason. Yeah. You're right. And I end up being, like, friends with black women, black men, almost solely. And it's not to say that, oh, my gosh, if you're not black, we're not friends. But I do think, again, there are levels to friendship. And for some reason, I probably haven't, I haven't unlocked <laughs> why so, I don't so, see the same. Right. It's, it's the commonality of your struggles, your backgrounds, right. you understanding things without having to tell them that. But I think that oftentimes in these friendships, we're more intimate with them, like in a romantic partner. So I have to ask you all, what are the similarities and differences of grieving these friendships since they are so similar to a romantic relationship? 
What do you feel like is they're the difference? similar to me. I'm sorry. Heartbreak is one thing, and that's love because that's a blend love. of, like, friendship for me, and then that's love. And it's, like, on a whole nother level because I start to get this idea, like, okay, is, is this the one for me? Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. I feel like I'm best friends with my lover, and that, that's, that's, a really, that's a really tough thing. I feel like there are friends in my life who I appreciate and I love, and I cherish them, but it's, like, the ones who've left, it, it's never been heartbreaking because I feel like you don't belong there anyway. Wow. Do you, you just think don't friends can there. be soulmates? That's not fair. That's not fair. I want you to ask that question, but Tori, why did you say that's not fair? Because she said, because what Demetria, what you're saying is like, okay, a woman can't hold a man. Some, most people who they date are their best friends. The best relationships, your man is your best friend. And that's why you're hurting, because you're losing your best friend. Mm -hmm. It's not so much sex, you know what I mean? It's you're losing your best friend. It doesn't matter, male, female, whatever. It's still a friend that you confided in, you could trust, and you told your business to, you gave your heart to, you told your insecurities to. Yes, you shared you shit with, with them. Like, you know what I mean? It's you're losing something, a part of you, unless y'all really wasn't friends and you just wanted to somebody to gossip on the phone with. Now, that's right. different. No, I don't, I don't, and then you're just losing right. somebody to no, chat No, I think with. it's right. different for everybody because I compartmentalize certain things in my life. Like, my family, first of all, like, nobody's above that. Then I'm like, okay, this is my lover, this is my best friend, and that's underneath that. Then I'm gonna have my friends and how they're sprinkled throughout. And so, for me, it's always been compartmentalized differently, so I've never looked at you as like, oh, you're my soulmate as a friend. I, I would never call a woman my soulmate. Uh -huh. I might see somebody like, you're my A alike. I mean, we're very similar or something like this, but you could never be my soulmate. It's never going to quench that that desire that I have for that that couple's romance. It's not it's not going to do it for me. It so just I can't. Have, and I'm not interested in women, so if it's not a thing. And I do like women, and and I don't look at my friends in that way, but that's if your <laughs> cheat on you, you crying, and this <laughs> did you wrong, but you won't throw his ass in the trash. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You should, it's, it's, you should but you should. women still cry yeah. over it. So if a, if a woman, you got an argument about something small, you, it's okay to cry because over that. It is okay. Alright, well, We've been going in on the issues between black friendships, but up next, BGS weighs in on the risks between black mothers and daughters. Straight ahead on Black Girl Stuff. Oh, best friend, we killing them. No new friends, get rid of them. Oh, these new yeah, I ain't feeling them. Yeah, it's just me and my friend them. Question. Why is it that black mothers mistreat their daughters just for their daughters to become the only ones they can depend on? Like, let's be clear. I love my mother very much. I am healed. I know that she's not just a mom. She's a human being who had her own mom. And all I can do is break the generational curses. That was TikTok user Jack the Queen sharing her views on motherhood. And now us BGS ladies will weigh in on the rifts between black mothers and their daughters. So ladies, we all know at a certain age, you know, your black mom might say you getting the smell in yourself. <laughs> and there sometimes begins to be a tension between black mothers and daughters and certain rifts arise. So I gotta ask you guys, why do y'all think that happens? Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Most of us have clothes that we've loved for years, maybe even decades. But it's harder than ever to find clothes that will stand the test of time. If you're looking for more pieces designed to last, you can't go wrong with American Giant. From hoodies and T-shirts to denim and more. They've got everything you need to build a wardrobe that you'll be proud of for years to come. All American Giant clothing is created with a commitment to doing things better. 
from the materials they use down to the last stitch in every piece. And everything is made right here in America in partnership with people and communities because keeping things local ensures the kind of quality you'll appreciate as soon as you receive your order. Discover the American giant difference today. Shop wardrobe essentials that last a lifetime at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code LT23 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code LT23. I feel like black moms, they sometimes impose their fears and their joys on you, right? Like, they'll be... They'll say, you can't do that because they haven't been able to do it. Or you, you can't go that way because, and so you have to really monitor, okay, mom, is this you just being fearful or is this you trying to protect me? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that, that starts happening around I the teenagers. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I feel like as black women and specifically black mothers, they're taught to be tough because they're kind of preparing us for the relentlessness of the world, the fact that folks gen to, and this is on a, you know, a generalized perspective, but I feel like a lot of black women know that they're going to be kind of believed less. They're going to be kind of, you know, tested more. And I think black mothers feel it the most because they're black women first. And they know what it is to not only be black women, but to be black girls. And personally, for me, growing up with my mom, my mom was tough my entire life, but I loved it. You know, tough love was was love to me because I felt like that mean, meant she didn't play about me. You know, she, she really saw my gifts. She saw my talents. And she said, this is something I'm going to cultivate and make sure that everyone else knows this is that this is something that should be exalted in a, in a sense. So I felt, I mean, listen, tough could be tough. You could break, you can fold, or you can decide to say, listen, I'm going to respect it and put myself in a position that you respect me too. And so now I think as an adult, there definitely is that partnership aspect to mothers and daughters that I especially feel like my mom is one of my best friends because of that. My mom is not black, okay? So I wanted to wait for all of you guys to chime in. My mom is white, Mm -hmm. and she raised a black biracial woman. And growing up, our relationship, I mean, I'm pretty headstrong. I'm an Aries and she's a Pisces. I'll just leave it at that, right? But my mom is like my best friend, and I just feel like my mom has always had my best interests at heart and her intentions have always reflected that although I may not have received it as that mm-hmm. all right I mean she's done a lot to try and protect me and I think that's just the job of a mother so I feel like I mean it goes beyond race at this point I just think it's a mother and daughter thing and I know that for me growing up in school a lot of times I was targeted and discriminated against and there are teachers who would go say to my mom, like, oh, I think Demetria's being difficult or she has a bit of an attitude problem. And so my mom and her caring and kindness was trying to determine, I mean, is, does Demetria have an attitude problem? And later on in life, it was really just discrimination. Mm-hmm. It was because I was a black, strong, confident child that there are white teachers who didn't know how to handle that and so described it in that way. And I think a lot of children have experienced that, black young children. And so that was kind of tough. And so later now when I talk to my mom, I'm like, mom, a lot of this was racism. Right? And that's not her reality because she is white, but she has black children. And so that was one of the things that we had to kind of get on the same page with and learn to trust each other and trust our experiences. Because these are credible people. Teachers come into my mom and say, this. my mom's a teacher. It was at the same school she taught at. And so these are people who she may have called friend. Right? And then it's like, here, me as a kid, I'm like, no, mom, it's not like that. I didn't do anything wrong. It's not my fault. And so we had to talk about that and work that out. What was your relationship like with your moms growing up? And how does it change, or if it has changed, 
now that y'all are in your big ages. Yeah, so <laughs> I wanted to piggyback off, like, one thing that you said. I like that you did mention that your mom is your best friend, because me and my mom had to grow to that point. Mm -hmm. When I was a child, it was very much, I'm not one of your little friends, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and she often said, this is a dictatorship. This is not a democracy in my house. She often said that. So it was my word, and, and that's the end of it, because I said so, and I didn't like that. But to answer your question, Akilah, my relationship with my mother has grown exponentially, because when I was growing up, she was the wicked witch from the West, okay? <laughs> when I tell y'all, I had... I love your mom. I know, but she's... And she's a great mom. But I didn't, like you said, as a child, you don't understand that you are trying to protect me. Right. You are trying to guide me. You are keeping me shielded from things in the world. She used to tell me, this world gonna chew you up and spit you out. So she was just trying to instill in me survival tactics. And now that I'm older, I can respect that. Because I'm like, Ma, you know what? You did your big right. one. Okay. Right. I love that. Well, I your... want to go back to your first question as well. Um, why black mothers, you know, have a little riff with their daughters, you know, on the road to adulthood. I think definitely it's having kids without healing. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are going through things that we didn't understand as kids. So their hurt kind of trickled on to us. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, it's just not knowing. Yeah. Some of them not reading books. They just had, and they have kids at young age, like my mother. My mother had me at 18. She didn't know. We learned. We grew together. So she's a teenager, she's trying to figure it out, and I'm her daughter, and I feel like maybe some of the parents and things, they got better, because I'm, I have six siblings, and they didn't get it half as bad as we did. The oldest always, the oldest gets two, yeah. always yeah. gets it the worst, yeah. okay? Because then, then when you, I see them slide, and I'm like, no, mama, get on them, how you got on me? Like, you know, so I feel like she grew to the woman that she has become, but, you know, it was hard, like, and like you said, living through you sometimes, trying to be your friend, she was a teenager. We had to grow together, so I definitely... My mom d does live through me still, and I allow her to because I see how it lights her up, but sometimes yeah. it can get heavy, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. It can get heavy because some things you don't want to do with your mom. My mom and I, I feel like we grew together because she had a completely different experience than I did. Like, again, first-generation American, families from Jamaica. When she moved here, she was kind of like what a lot of West Indian parents or people do when they first come here. She was a nanny, and she was a nanny to a lot of wealthy families, and she kind of slowly built her way up and built her career, but I saw saw her do that. And so because of that, I think growing up, our, our relationship was more of a partnership. It was kind of like, again, she, I trusted her. She was tough love because she had to keep all of, all of her kids, her four kids in line, but also it was a level of she had to trust me because I was telling her about America. Right? Yeah. I was telling her. And, and, she showed, and she showed that to me, too. And then I think on top of that, you know, for me, I went to school or way to school. I went to boarding school at 14. And so I grew up from the age of 14 until, again, uh, allowing that trust in me to say, hey, you as a child, you're gonna have to tell me what to do, you know, in some, in a lot of major life choices when it comes to children. And it kind of empowered me, but it also made me walk more on a tightrope, especially when coming to my mom, because I wanted to make sure that I got it right. Yeah, that's something I... So, first of all, I, t I relate to two of these stories. Yes. I'm the oldest as well. Okay. It's five of us, so already have that in the bag. And then I'm Nigerian-American, so having my parents... I'm the first daughter. I'm the first child in a new country. And what I r really admire about my mom is I come off and I'm like, hey, I want to be in t television. I want to be a journalist. And she's like, hmm. <laughs> what, what, do they, what does that mean? Like, how are you making money? What right. is, you know, I want to go to Hollywood. What does that look like? And instead of, you know, um, taking away that curiosity, 
curiosity, she fed it all the time. Both of my parents, I'm very impressed by that because I'm like, I get it. They're friends. I watch their friends be like, are you sure you want to put your daughter in that? Are you sure you want her to do that? I'm like, can you get out this our house? You know? <laughs> and I'm so proud of that because I, I saw how our relationship blossomed when she was like, okay, so you want to do this drone something. Well, let's figure out who your favorite person is and let's see who you're going to be learning from. And let, you know, that was how I started even trusting her more, recognizing how much she trusted me. I was like, wow, like you really trust that I want to do this, that this is within my body, my soul, my spirit, and you're going to nurture that. And so that was something I really respect. Yeah. And then I have so much compassion for our parents because that generation, they did not have time to heal, mm -hmm. right? Like they didn't get to sit there and talk like we get to talk. Like we are getting, when we mother our daughters, we're going to have so much more tools in our toolkit, yeah. right? That they just didn't have. So I did, as soon as you were talking about your mom, I'm like, dang, I have so much compassion for them because even now in adult years, I'm hearing my mom say things and I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me that when I was 12, 13? Yeah. She was like, when, when was I going to do that? that? And another thing is when you have other siblings, sometimes your parent can put that weight on you, which I had to do yes. because she had to have a job. So you so now, I'm, yeah, You're I'm the oldest, second oldest. Oh, oh second oldest. Okay. But I had to take on responsibilities and look after my siblings, yes. which was hard on me because yeah. now I have all these responsibilities like that I'm not supposed to have sure. at a young For age, sure. which can cause a little friction For too. Sure. One thing parenting wise that I would do different is like you said, it's good to have a healthy like respect. Mm -hmm. But I think tone does matter. Yeah. And that's one thing that I said I would never do. I didn't like how she spoke to us when we did something wrong. For example, let's say I I swept the floor first and then I wiped the counters, which is not smart because everything on the counter go get back on the floor. <laughs> but but her response would be, why the f would you do that? That's not smart. That's dumb. And then it's like, that made me feel a way. And I didn't, I think a lot of parents, especially in the hood, I'm from the hood, I'm from the projects. Don't feel bad for me though because all the cool kids <laughs> was in the project. <laughs> we all met at the green tank. But I mean, I just felt like in the hood, they talk to you a little rougher. Yeah. Sit the down. Like mm -hmm. stuff like that, I just mm -hmm. said I would never do that and talk to my son or daughter in that way because I know how it has okay. affected me confidence-wise, everything. And, and then I turned to school. Uh, the way I escaped from that was putting myself in every extracurricular activity I could do. I was in cheerleading, band, step, mm -hmm. this, because at school I felt cool. Mm. You know, at home, even though my mom loved me so much and she's my number one fan, sometimes the way your tone, it just, it was yeah. very hard, yeah. you know? Okay, well, we learned a lot about our black parents, and we hope the black mothers out there, y'all learned a lot, too. So up next, we have a special guest, Coco Jones. Keep it locked right here on Black Girl Stuff. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. Maybe I, I, I need you. When I leave you, I see. Welcome back to Black Girl Stuff. That was our next guest, latest single, I See You, Coco Jones. Welcome to the BGS house, girl. Hey, y'all. Thanks for, for having wedding me. song. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Definitely <laughs> adding that one to the playlist. Okay. And you got some hits coming up, too. I See You has us all in our feelings, and it felt very familiar. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about how that song came about. It was produced by Camper, and honestly, when I heard it, I didn't plan on, like, tapping into that soulful bag as deeply, but I just felt like... I saw this whole storyline, you know, and it's really about this relationship 
a real relationship in my life with this guy. And basically, we met when we were, like, not popping, you know? And then we got all these things that we wanted for our careers, and then it kind of, like, drove us Dang. apart, you know? I mean, you're so talented, clearly. And it was crazy Thank just you. seeing you walk on set, because I didn't even anticipate you being this tall. And I know a lot of people <laughs> don't know that you played basketball. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, so you got the hands. That's dope. <laughs> you got, you, you know, what's it called? There we go. Yeah. There we go. And I think that that is dope. And then, I mean, obviously, you followed your passion, though, mm -hmm. and landed a gig with Disney. And mm -hmm. so then now you've got a Bel Air address just killing the thing. And I feel like a lot of people would ask you, okay, so how did you get there? But I'm yeah. curious to know, I mean, was there anything that you had to unlearn along your journey? Any habits? Anything? I think for me, I learned so much how to, like, play these roles that I had to find, like, mm -hmm. who I really am, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, my worth, too, because I felt like I was placing my value in if I was hired or not. Mm. And so when I really, like, tapped into, like, what's my consistent form of validation, it was really just me and God. Mm. And then I wasn't stressed over every opportunity and trying to fit some character mm. or, or not or, like, making those, those no's and those rejections personal, you know? Right, right. Because really it's just about persevering in the midst mm. of... You know, God's time. Yeah, facts. Because we have watched firsthand a lot of child stars, Disney stars spiral out of control mm -hmm. and kind of lose it. Like, what was that like for you? Your process? You know, I'm really grateful that like I got to experience a lot of the the pros of being on a big machine like Disney Channel, mm -hmm. but I didn't get too tied into it. I never had the show. I was actually supposed to have a show, and it just didn't pan out. And at the time, I didn't understand why. Mm -hmm. But looking back, I'm like, it's so hard already to break out of that Disney star mold that if I did have that, it's like, there's no way they ain't going to see me as that character for the rest of my life. Um, and then I also feel like because I had all the success young, I kind of like got to be a little normal again, like, as I was coming into my own. Like, literally, I I didn't go to college, but I went to USC because I was partying there. <laughs> so, like, I met all of these great girls, and they became, like, really close to me, and they didn't see me as, like, some... They just yeah, saw me as, like, yeah. a regular girl. So right. I feel like I was figuring out myself and, like, getting to be around peers that weren't looking at me crazy, and that's kind of what kept me normal. That's dope. Know? And we were talking about black mothers earlier on the show, and mm -hmm. I know your mom is a songstress as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And being a child star in that industry, did you your mom ever bump heads when it came to just growing up growing pains or even your career path i love my mom she's literally like i call her my earth queen yes. because she is just the epitome of like everything that i'm striving to be like her work ethic how kind she is and like how wise like she always has a solution and it's always like the smartest one and so i don't feel like we really bumped heads because what would happen was I would try to, like, not do what she said, and it would just fumble. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd be like, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> it just seems like you know. Right. You know, because I wanted to win, and so she knows how to, like, really, like, speak to me because I'm such a, like, Capricorn. I want to win. I want mm. these... I'm competing with myself, and all she got to say was, like, girl, that wasn't that eating. I'd be like, really? <laughs> I'm like, tell me more. I'm like, thank you. That hurt a little bit. Thank you. The power of the black mom. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I love the constant theme of unlearning and learning yourself, even through your character, because Hillary, what I love about her is she has this internal battle, right, where she's trying to be herself as an influencer, but at the same time, she's doing things that make her uncomfortable, being more provocative, trying to please others, trying to get to the bag. So is it worth it to alter yourself just a little bit to get to the bag, or is it more worth it to stick to who you are, even if you lose the bag? Yikes. Obviously, it's better to stay true to yourself, but I'm not going to just get on here and be like, stay true to yourself. Yeah, right, like, right. Because realistically, it's hard. Like, right. you get in these corners and you feel like 
all the only option is to fold. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But um, I think it's also about like looking at the bigger picture. And sometimes, like, I've learned even from Terrell, we do the Tea and Coco show, just how big ownership is and, like, having that tenacity. Because I think sometimes we, as black women, we feel like we have to get this opportunity from someone else. Mm -hmm. But really, we can create. We can be Issa's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We can be Shonda Rhimes. And yes. so I think that's another way to, like, shift that narrative is, okay, maybe they don't have the opportunities for me and they want me to fold in order to have a seat at this table, but I deserve to be here. So I'm just going to make a new table. Yeah. You know? yeah. And anyone who wants to be in my table, they can come tonight. You're awesome. <laughs> You're making me want to be like, Issa's on three. Because no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I just love that. It's so important for us to remind ourselves that and young black girls growing up too, right? Yeah. Always knowing that sure. sticking to yourself, even though you said it is... It's not easy to say, just be true to yourself, but it is more worth it to stick to that because in the end, your integrity follows you all the way through and your other table is waiting for you. Speaking of your role, though, we know that the original Hillary Banks on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was a light-skinned woman. Mm -hmm. You are not, Coco. I am not. I am not. <laughs> did, you, did you receive any backlash for being a dark-skinned woman playing this kind of iconic character? Absolutely not. It's so strange. I don't want to, like, jinx it, but, yeah. like, I feel like I don't get a lot of backlash because... I'm really just trying to, like, open the door for girls that look like me. You know what I'm saying? So if you have a problem with that, that's so not my problem. Right. That's so not my business. You know what I'm saying? But I think it was really refreshing. And I hope that one day, like, the opportunities are, are so equal that it's not such a surprise that there's this dark-skinned girl who gets to be classy and gets to be, like, opinionated. And she's not, like, you know hard to deal with or, like, mean. She's just herself. Like, I hope that we can continue to, like, make more opportunities like that so that it's just not so surprising. It's just more like, period, the normal. Right. But you've yeah. talked about colorism before, though, and mm -hmm. just how you may have felt that it may have cost you roles in the past, potentially. Yeah. Would you care to shed some light on that even further? Well, I mean, it's not easy. I, I feel like I had these big dreams. Like, nobody could stop these dreams. And over time, I just made them smaller and smaller and smaller and more realistic because I got scared, you know? Yeah. It started to seem like they were not realistic, these dreams that I've had since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So for me, like, that was sad and disappointing. But I think I just had to keep going. Like, something in me wouldn't let me stop. And that's what I really want to show to these other girls that look like me. Like, y'all know the journey. Yeah. It was not no overnight. That's mm -hmm. just not yeah, what right, happened, never. you know? Yeah. But as long as you do keep going, it's just about not giving up. Like, I see other black girls that we all started together, and I'll be like, hey, shout out to not giving yeah. up, nigga. <laughs> shout out to not giving up. Yes, because, okay? Yes, okay? Because yeah, really, that's sometimes that's just what you do. You just don't give up that day. Yeah. Okay, well, let's switch gears a little bit. <laughs> okay. Let's turn the fire on. Because I know oh. you have also a new cooking series. Oh, that <laughs> you alluded to. Fire. You said the fire. You said, wait like, a second. On, <laughs> I mean, maybe we do want the tea. <laughs> the tea and the cocoa. Okay. <laughs> so, girl, you are really just getting down in the kitchen. We obviously love seeing it. But you, you also mentioned, and I got to get it correct, right? You mentioned, in the past, you are not playing Chef Bardee for a man until you know it's for real, for real. Hey. Hallelujah. <laughs> I agree, but what are some things that you feel like a woman should not be doing within, let's say, the first 30 days of seeing a guy? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what time is yes. <laughs> that was like all out. Um, also, T and Coco, we're doing season two right now. So yes. we're doing, first season was all in the kitchen, and this season we're completely out of the kitchen. We skydiving, riding oh. horses, oh, messing with animals okay. and bees and all types of stuff. It's just crazy. Y'all okay. definitely need to watch that. <laughs> Um, what I wouldn't do in 30 days, it, um, it just depends <laughs> on my, what my outcome is. Like, for me, I feel like I don't have enough time to want to waste my free time. Like, I really would rather just spend it with people that I'm going to get a return on that investment. My friends, my family, people who are definitely there for me. So if I'm getting to know somebody, 
the, the, the 30 days are giving, it's just giving question and answer. Like, okay. I really want to get to know who you are because I feel like we just rush into things because we like feel like we want somebody and they'll do, but like. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, this is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Who are you? Like... I'd be like, do you go to therapy? Okay. What, what is your mental mm-hmm. health giving? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what was your last relationship? What happened there? Mm-hmm. I feel like I want to be really intentional with getting to know that person. Okay. So yeah. it's really mm-hmm. about conversation, conversation and being outside. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not giving Netflix. Okay. I don't know mm-hmm. you. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? So your new EP, What I Didn't Tell You, dropped on 11-4. Everybody go check that out. What can we expect from that? So what I didn't tell you, the reason that I chose this theme is because I feel like so many people are introduced to me on camera. They see me on an interview or they see me on a screen and they assume, like, these things about me. But I wanted to tell stories about what happened off screen, you know? Because I wasn't just sitting here, some Disney girl, like, purr, you know, thank you. I was outside living my life. Tell us Mm. one thing we didn't know or the world didn't know. Let's see. It's probably that um, I had a long-term relationship with someone shorter than me. That's how much so, short, how much shorter though? Because well, how tall are you? First of all, five ten. He was probably half my size. Did you bend down? Oh, really? Wait, yeah. five ten? Half? Oh. What is that like? Three? Is that five five? Five five. five. That's me. So, I'm your. Yes. <laughs> 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 so, do you normally date short guys? No, I don't normally. But I have actually, I've met a couple short guys where I'm like. What was it about that what? guy that energy? What was it he about that guy? Chivalry. Was it the chivalry? That's you know what? What, what the <laughs> words you just said? I'm not doing this with you at all. See, I thought the chivalry, <laughs> and you were you were with Brian said that. We did not say that. Okay, uh, uh, very much veered to the left, but um, <laughs> I I don't know what my mindset was at the time. I think. I was kind of like experimenting. He got you past that 30. Yeah. It was yeah, not he got you past that 30. 30. Yeah. 30. I'm, I'm a tall girl too, and like dating a short man, I feel like it took something in me because usually a tall, a shorter guy, I've they're usually insecure. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't have time for you to be insecure and me try- Nah, yeah. like, so that's why I'm wondering yeah. what about the him. the opposite with shorter men. They, they I always come, oh, I love, love to climb that tree. <laughs> they love that I'm one. Like, well, speaking of climbing that tree, I know this EP, what I didn't tell you, is going to be climbing the charts. Amen, okay? amen. And if you haven't checked it out, go check it out now. And I See You is available on all streaming platforms right now. Thank you so much, Coco Jones, for stopping by the BGS house, y'all. And up next, we sit down with our very own sister, Novi Brown. Keep a lot for more black girl stuff. Okay, I can see your potential. I just want to see how you handle just my gentle rules. If you're with it, I can't, you can get it so. I think somebody was in the house. Take control of the situation. The man is good at what he does. I'll do whatever I can to keep you safe. Novi Brown killing it in her new horror film, Alone in the Dark. Welcome to the BGS house, girl. Welcome, Welcome excited, ladies. Thank you. 
so excited to have you. Now, we all know you from the hit series, Sisters. You know, you had a great, amazing role, and we love that show. But now you're venturing into horror films, and that's something so rare. We don't see a lot of black horror movies. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that transition. Was it difficult for you? No, it's it's time. Shoot, I think we're ready time. to bust things down, yeah. you know? Yeah. I want to do stunts. Mm -hmm. I want to have fun. I want to push my body. I want to just stand up for myself. There's a lot of stories about us and our abuse, mm -hmm. but never us fighting back. Mm -hmm. So I would like to be part of those stories. What's been your biggest industry lesson? Oh, I'm still learning many. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the one on the top is money, just like how to handle your finances. Yes. That's a good one. That's a good one. Read all the books. You need them, right? Learning about your taxes, learning about kickbacks mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Get your points. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> That's how you're going to save that money right. out here. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff. But then spiritually as well as, again, patience, timing. Mm -hmm. Patience, timing. Because there's so many great projects. Yes. And you're just like, but I didn't get the audition for that. Nobody called me for that one. Right. Can you talk a little bit more? You know, we some money honeys, right? So I feel like, can you just talk really a lot about kind of the money aspect? You're an independent contractor. Yes. But a lot of people would see, like, okay, you've been on Sisters for five seasons. Yeah. You've got your YouTube show. You have this horror flick. You've, quote, unquote, made it. So your money should be right, right? So how do, what, is he, what are you doing to manage it? Or what are you doing to really just kind of stay afloat in this kind of creative game? Oh, there's so much. Because the checks range, as y'all know. Every production has a different value. Mm -hmm. So I've done jobs for $80. Mm -hmm. And I've done jobs for more. Yeah. So it's, it's really dependent on what your specific goal is. Mm -hmm. I know what my goals are. I've done jobs for free. I just flew myself out to do a movie. You better. Wow. Mm -hmm. I invest in myself. Whether I'm hiring a hair makeup, mm -hmm. getting my wardrobe, you ladies know. Yeah. The look yeah. is part of it. It all matters. It all matters. It all matters. But that's big. That's big that you say that you invest in yourself because some of the biggest rewards come from those free jobs, from putting yourself or investing in yourself and putting your own money up. So I commend you on that. That's dope. A lot of artists don't even understand that aspect of it. You should be doing it until the day you die if you really love it. Well, that's a good pull point. Up, pull up with your friends. Well, let's get back to the work that actually pays you. <laughs> yes, because we love you on Sisters. Thank We're you. all fans here. And, I mean, the chemistry, absolutely undeniable on set. I mean, how did you create those relationships with your on-screen sisters? Mm -hmm. That was spiritual because mm -hmm. we don't have time. We, don't, we film everything in two weeks. You know, we didn't have time to meet up. I got hired four days before the first day. Wow. So, Tyler Perry's not playing. Oh, no, no okay. games. That, meant, that was for that you, was though. For, that right. was for, but that was for me, mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't have time to bond and sit down and, mm -hmm. and do the thing. A lot of people don't understand in our field of work, you, all of us included, mm -hmm. we might meet each other today, and now we have to be best friends. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so you have to let your spirit lead. Mm -hmm. And when you just let the character kind of build out, mm -hmm. that's what happens for us, because then we had to experience quarantine together where yes. we couldn't be next to each other. Right. Oh, wow. You know? And y'all did such a great job. Y'all gave you. melanated sex in the city. I loved it. And I also love the chemistry that you had with your partner, who you dated, because it made me ask the question, what is masculinity? What is Thank you. femininity? Mm -hmm. Girl, and seriously. I was questioning myself, like, damn, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. but so the, what is it? What did you? Yeah. Girl, it's, it's up for debate still. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't get to answer that. That's for you. Okay. Your time. <laughs> that's what I love about dating, though, because you don't know what you like until you like it. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Okay. That's, that's the cute okay. thing about dating. So now I, I know what I like. You, I don't know. <laughs> you know, girl, we're still young. True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got time, you know. But I love that because we don't, we, we ask our men to be vulnerable, mm -hmm. but then 
we, we make fun them of them. Space. Yes, yeah. we don't give them space. You know, we, we ask our women to, to be tough, but then we make fun of them. Yeah. All right, girls, so Conversation and Constellation is the title of your new YouTube series, and girl, you go real deep. Can you tell us what inspired you to make this series? Because we've never seen nothing like yeah. it. Right? Right? Yeah. I mean, we all believe in energy, vibes, you know, and I watched this, like, little Scorpio video. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so typical. They're, we're jealous. We're... We want revenge. I said, who are y'all friends with? Right, right, right. That's not me. But I clicked it, and then there was another video next to it, and it said birth chart, and I didn't know what that was. Mm -hmm. So I am a researcher. I'm a nerd. Yeah. I'm a geek. So yeah, I was yeah. a scholastic kid. So I'm looking, and I click. I call my mama. What's my birth time? OK. Y'all, I listened to two videos. And they be dead on. Oh, oh, like, how do you know me? Yeah, yeah. I was looking around like, wait. Powerful. It was so scary. I know, I kind of want to put you to the test then, right? The test. Because earlier today we were talking about friendships. Yes. Yeah. So I want you to know or give us an idea based on our signs. What type of friend do you think we are? So I'll Ooh. go first. Okay, go ahead. Right? This is so good. good. So I'm a Gemini. Okay. What kind of friend am I? <laughs> I know you need communication. Yes. I'm gonna need you to text me back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm gonna need right. that. You're right. You're I'm gonna right. need that. And You're if you right. want an opinion, I got one. Mm -hmm. And you know, That's both it. sides. I'm That's gonna give it. you both sides. Love it. That's Gemini. Love it. Well Love it. Bree and I are both Aries. Oh. I'll give you a little bit more too, because we. I think we are very different. I don't no, know. No, if you know. Before, before you There's get a more. Huge difference. There's a difference. Yeah. There is a difference. But I was gonna tell her my moon. Oh. Tell me your moon. Okay. So I'm an Aries sun, but a moon, a Leo moon, and a Scorpio rising. Girl, I like that. Just giving. You're fun. But you're deep. And yeah. I like that. Uh, fire sign, and do you know your other placements or no? No, because I just got it Aries. I'm like, that's me. I don't okay. really need to read anything else. <laughs> right. It'll get deep. It gets deep. Uh, it gets very deep. Okay. Essentially, tomboy energy. You know what For I'm sure. saying? Like, y'all know how to switch it up. They all know how to switch it up. And you like people who are more direct. You like people who are more upfront, straightforward. That's just your language. Mm -hmm. um, and you enjoy your men that way, you know? You yeah. like them. <laughs> wow. They, they Are you a matchmaker, too? Maybe I suggestions. I, I surely can tell you. What about Tori? What about Tori? Give me Tori. Tori's giving. What are we giving? I'm a Leo. Yes, what else? She doesn't know. I don't know the time, so I can't figure out my moon, but I've been trying to find it out. Like It's okay because the moon usually stays in the same sign for two and a half days. So, mm. there's 30 degrees. So even if you're in the middle there somewhere and you still have the date, I can still read your stuff, right? Yeah. So we're gonna okay. talk about it when we get off camera. Okay, yeah. But with the Leo energy, she do gotta shine, okay? <laughs> and she does need to be hyped up. So when she get her hair done, give her that little compliment. Oh, oh my goodness. goodness. Yes. You gotta pin the pen. You gotta pin the pen. That's really good. That's really good. Okay, I'm a Libra. On a cusp, Scorpio cusp, uh -huh. so October 22nd, next day is Scorpio. And then my rising is Aries, my moon is Sagittarius. Oh, you, see, yeah. you see how that connection's happening? Wow. Right, yeah. everything is happening for like, a reason yes. here. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, but with Libra rising, so there's no cusp. And I have to tell mm. this to people because there's 30 degrees in a sign, so you're still that. Libra. But just yeah. full, full, it's that last little energy. So first of all, I already know your life is like a movie. Period. Very like, chosen. Okay. Because Very when it's true. at those last degrees, it's mm. like life is pushing you to do something, mm. right? Oh. And Libra oh. does, does a lot with balancing, yeah. so there's a lot of negotiating going on in your life, mm. whether it's with you, personal people, mm -hmm. some things mm -hmm. of that nature. You said Aries what? Aries rising. So yeah, Aries rising again. She likes some straightforward, direct. 
No. Well, yeah, enough you about know, all of us. Yeah, y'all can get. But I love Aries energy. That's well, Novi, what's next for you? What's next for Novi Brown? The next chapter. Tell us what you see. Let's I'm manifest. Just, wait, let's manifest. Wait, I'm just. I need. Come on, girls. We need it. Okay. Thank you, girls. No, no. Honestly, I want to. I really want to produce my own shows because I want. Yeah, y'all know. Y'all already know the end of that story. But ownership. That's where I'm going towards. I want to own something in this business. Yes. Well, when you do. Right. Period. We gonna read what's apart. Well, Novi, we love your energy. We could talk to you all day about everything you got going on from your YouTube series to your energy to spirituality and even your horror film, y'all. I cannot wait to see this, y'all. Make sure you check out her new film, Alone in the Dark. It's available right now on Tubi. Check it out and let us know what you think. Up next, we have the BG Boss of the Week. Stay tuned for more Black Girl stuff. Marseille Martin, who has literally grown up right before our eyes. Marseille is most known for her role in Blackish, but did you also know she has taken her talents behind the lens? She is the youngest person to get a first look deal at Universal, and it doesn't stop there. She became the executive producer of the film Little, making her the youngest African American producer of a film. That's huge. She says, my goal is to show young girls that our voices and ideas matter and you are never too young to dream big. Marseille Martin, the culture is behind you, girl, 1,000%, and we salute you for being a BG boss. Okay, so Stacy, we hear your BG boss is inspiring young black girls to tell their truth through film. You heard it right, Tori. My BG boss is Jamika Anderson. She is the founder of the Black Girls Film Camp, which is a nonprofit organization that gives black female high school students the opportunity to learn and construct their own narratives through film. Wow. Jamika has hosted panels throughout the country, which encourages young black girls to be their authentic selves, especially in the media space. She says, my goal is to shift the narrative by cultivating the next generation of storytellers from script to screen. Jamika Anderson, we love your work and you are inspiring us all. You are forever a BG boss. And her program is free, which is amazing. And we love a good free. We love free because it's accessible. It makes it accessible to everybody. I was reading an article from a Fortune magazine, and it was really interesting because we're actually seeing a spike in diversity, but still we need more of it when it comes to underrepresented racial groups. But when it comes to minority female directors in film, just less than 2%. Yeah. Just less than 2%, okay? So this is major. Yeah. It's major. I love yeah. that her program is intimate, too. It's not really big, so you definitely get the one-on-one hands-on right. training right. that you need. I just like the premise of it being about storytelling. So let's say you don't want to wake, wake up one day and be an actress or, mm -hmm. you know, director, right. work in media at all. I think just really cultivating black women, especially young black women, to really process their feelings, process their stories, process their journeys. We still processing on black girl stuff, clearly, right. with some of the major <laughs> things that we talk about. But to be able to do that at a young age and really be celebrated for it for free yes. is really important. And I love what it's doing and for the future generation. Yeah. Yes. To pull young black women up. We always say that we need more stories. Black people aren't monolithic, right? right? And so it's amazing to see what's going to come from this program. Well, clearly we have a lot of stories to tell and we could tell so much more, but that's all the time we have for now. Thank you so much, Stacey, for joining Thank us. You.
My pleasure, ladies. It was so fun to have you and hear your perspective. And of course, we have to thank our guests tonight, Coco Jones and Novi Brown. See you all next time on Black Girl Stuff. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.